0: Blog Talk Radio. Time to get in the game.
2: And good morning and hello. This is Coach Chuck Creasy. It's another week of American tennis, and it is so good to be back in the flow a little bit here with uh, just being in the office all the time. Oh gosh, what an exciting time uh, every school year. If I've of the 41 years since I started coaching college, 42. I don't know, it's somewhere in there. It all comes together. But uh, it, the most exciting time of the year is always the fall. The players get back. The students are back. Everybody is anticipating uh, great advancement. Everybody has their goals intact. They haven't gotten hit in the belly so many times. Where you start losing track of your goals, it's just a fantastic time. I love a college campus. In August and uh, September And then football season starts And it's just a good time of year And uh, as much as I like competing in the spring I just absolutely love the fall of the year So here we go We're off and running Every week, American Tennis At noon on Wednesday On the Yellow Ball Network And I'm Coach Chuck Creasy Go to my website ChuckCreasy.net K R I. E-S-E, K-R-I-E-S-E, net, and you can get all of my uh, former shows. Golly, we're in the fifth year already. Unbelievable, and I'm very excited. Golly, my new website's coming together. I've got a son that is brilliant with computers, and he's just, and I'm not, a little bit partial, but he is daggone smart. He is, uh, so he's putting together a new website. He's. Sort of might have said my uh, website was a little bit outdated and stuff. So take a look at ChuckCreasy.net. I'm excited about what he's doing and he's going to keep adding to it. But uh, I want to. We only have a limited amount of t- show today, and we do have a wonderful and great college coach calling in today. Uh, I hope he calls in, Coach Josh Goffey, and I, I hope uh, he's on the recruiting trail and out. Uh, burning up the pavement, trying to build a great championship program at the University of South Carolina, and so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, he will be able to call in here a little bit later. And I had mentioned to him earlier our topic, and he said, "Wow, I'd love to talk about that because I deal with it every day." And as coaches, we deal with it every day. We're looking for the little things that make the difference, the little differences that make all the difference. And it used to be that, and in, if I could explain this quickly, and I don't want to get too uh, much in it, but it used to be that you had an even skew between effort spent, sweat put in, and then percentages of improvement. In other words, you would have an even skew from, say, the 30th percentile to the 70th or 80th percentile, And usually you had to go in a progression up one step at a time to developing your skills in this game of tennis. And then with the advent of technology, I always said those 30% guys, those 30% players took an elevator with racket technology up to the 60th, 65th percentile, sometimes 70th percentile. You could hide a lot of mistakes in stroking and technical skills. Tactical skills, for sure, for sure, because uh, you get away with so much ball-striking things uh, with the high-tech rackets, and I've always argued that it's like on the golf course, you know, with the big berthes and thing. It hides a lot of technical flaws. So those 30% or 40 percentile people got an elevator ride all the way up to the 70th or 80th percentile. And if you've listened to a lot of my programs You'll uh, agree that I talk a lot about the last 20% overcoming the 80% paralysis because, really, folks, that's where all the difference is made. Look, if somebody can't get to the 80th percentile in this game right now, they're either lazy or they haven't been around the game much, they haven't played enough matches. You can get to the 80th percentile pretty not easily, but everyone can do it. Everybody, the base level is not – the 20th or 30th percentile. It is now the 70th and the 80th percentile. Everybody gets there if they care about the game at all. So when we're talking about difference makers, we're talking about those things that make all the difference, all the difference in the percentiles that make all the difference. It's not, in it, 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 the way to explain this might be to say that we all know that those top 20 players in the world can all beat each other. The top four are special. What is the difference makers with those guys? So if you take the in, in the top two or three or five women are all the same, they could beat each other. On any given day, any of those top 20 or top 40 players can beat those top ones. But what is the difference maker between the person who progresses and becomes the player instead of just one of the players what are the difference makers well we're going to be right back in a minute we're going to talk about it and i'm hoping we get coach josh goffey on here and this is coach chuck creasy and it's american tennis
3: This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis. And over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at chuckcreasy.net. That's chuckcreasy.net.
2: Folks, this is Coach Chuck Creasy, and thank you, Coach Weber, for that, that uh, great, those great words. But, folks, it is truth. I love doing my camps in the summer. I love teaching tennis. I'm in tennis today because I just love to see people get better. Folks, go to chuckcreasy.net and keep up with all of the things that I'm doing, and uh, we appreciate you passing on the word to other people. But I'm going to stay in the fight. I'm going to keep teaching, and whoever's in front of me, I'm going to help make them the best player that they can become. Mm Today, about the difference makers that make all the difference. And their little differences we're talking about getting from the 70th to the 71st percentile, 81st to the 82nd percentile. And folks, once you get up there to the 85th, 86th percentile, we're talking about little things. It is an awareness about something in your body, something about how you see the court, something in the way you see competition. The it factor, everyone talks about the it factor. Years ago, I heard uh, the great Bobby Bowden give a speech, and he said that you don't know what it is, but you know when someone has it and someone doesn't have it. Sometimes the it factor can be taught somewhat, sometimes it can't. And all of us have seen the quote talking about inspiration and perspiration and that it's so much inspiration and so much perspiration on my show you've heard me give the breakdown of ability plus desire plus opportunity and even rate those on a scale of 110 god-given ability on a scale of one to ten how much does your youngster have are they a seven opportunities well you give them so many opportunities but maybe you don't live in florida maybe the Experiences on a scale of 1 to 10 and 8 So that's 15 The last part is the desire part The nurture nature self The self part is always the determining factor So the point being is that If you have a 7 and 8 that's 15 I've come up with a absolute And I really believe this folks If your youngster is 23 to 25 They got a shot 23 they barely can hang And 22 is not good enough if your person, if your youngster is a seven as far as ability, eight as far as opportunities, and they all, they're only given a seven effort, nope, buzz, nope, no way. Get that hook out and bring them off the court because they're not going to make it. But if they have an eight, yeah, are in there. If they have a nine with a seven and eight, they've got it. The overload factor happens when somebody is like a nine as far as ability and they have a nine as far as desire, And then you give them, that's 18, and then you give them a seven or an eight opportunity, and they go to the moon. You can't put in what the good Lord left out. Ability is about what God, nature is about what God has given the person as far as their ability. Um, Nurture is about opportunities given, opportunities used wisely. And parents out there do not give your youngster opportunities when they throw them away. It's not the worst thing you can do, and there's a correlation between opportunities given and the desire that the person has. It's the old thing about you better do some things around them that gets them to be hungrier than a starving dog looking at a meat truck. When they get hungry, Katie bar the door. Katie bar the door. Well, we're going to talk about these difference makers and uh, the difference makers that make all the difference. And we're looking for the coaches to call in here in a second. Um, The physical difference, we've got it down, folks. I mean, it amazes me how when I'm sitting next to a coach, they're still talking about, wow, that wicked forehand, or this great backhand, or this serve is just unreturnable, or this or that. Look, if you walk, talk, breathe air, and you're on a tennis court long enough with the technology and all of the coaches out there that have YouTube and all of the information out there that we have, we basically got a lot of that down. And, again, technology covers up a lot of technical skills. However, I'm not underestimating technical skills. If your youngster has a technical skill or something that needs to be worked on, that, that technical skill needs to be worked on. You still have to work on that technical skill. It, it, don't do not get me wrong on this. All I'm saying is that technical skills are easier than they have ever, ever, ever been. And again, the technology allows you to get to, to pretty high ground without technical skills. In the old days, you were shot down before you even got going if you did not have good technical skills.
1: And now here's the
2: other thing about the physical part. I wanted to – this is a difference maker. And, again, I've got a coach or two calling in here. Hang on, hang on. I'm expecting Coach Josh Goffian, and I'm hoping another coach or two will be in here to talk. But I want to get through the meat of our topic first of all. But as far as the physical physical difference makers, this is very, very important. I see over and over and over where players – coaches try to develop a player into their own style – Instead of letting their, co- their player be number one in the world at being themselves. I see this with the father-son relationship when there's a coach. I see a coach that's overbearing that sees a way. There's a saying that when you're in charge sometimes, everybody in the world would want to be like me if only they knew how. Everybody in the world want to play like me if only they knew how. Look, this is the critical what? Critical thing. This is why I'm so against, against the USTA or any of these guys saying, oh, this is the pathway. Remember, a pathway, you can only get one player down at a time. We need the expressway. We need a freeway. We need to encourage kids to be who they are. We do not need a bunch of little robots out there that are cookie-cutter tennis players that are doing it all the same way. The guy, I guarantee the next American champion is going to be a gunslinger that comes out his or her way and they, they have a unique style, and nobody's going to be able to figure them out. But this is so important. I'm not saying that technical skills have to go by the wayside. I'm not saying you don't pay attention to fundamentals, but you must let players develop the style that is their game. If they are an aggressive person, they're going to pretty much want to go to the net. If they're a choleric or a control person, they're going, to, they're going to want to dictate. Counter punchers want to play a different way. A lot of times it's their personality. Passive people usually are counter-punchers. People who are more sanguine or fun-loving, they're going to be doing a mile a minute. You're never going to be able to tell what they're doing, do, not steal their creativity by boxing them into a hole. And I talk about this by itself forever, but you must allow people to be number one in the world of being yourself. That's the first thing I do when I'm working with kids. Be who you are. Be number one in the world of being you. Do not be an imitation of Roger Federer, even though you might pick up stuff from it. Do not be an imitation of Serena. Do, even though you might pick up things from these great players, do not be a copycat ever. Be unique. Be number one in who you are, and that will, by the way, that will give you unlimited amount of motivation. So the physical skills, again, is not the place where we're going to make all the difference makers. Some coaches might say it's a big forehand, speaker. Sure, you still need to have weapons. By the way, a difference maker is, folks, did you know this? Work on your weaknesses about 40% of the time. And work on the strengths about 60% of the time. Always work on the strengths toward the end of practice. Work on the weaknesses at the beginning of practice. That is a very, very important thing. The mental part of the game, look, do you know about 20 years ago when I met Paul Wardlaw and he first gave me Wardlaw Directionals in the early 90s and things, and I've tried to spread them everywhere that I can because they're brilliant. And uh, I heard one of the coaches that talked about what Agassiz did late in his career, and he called it the number one, two, and three combinations or four combinations Cross court to cross court, down line cross court, and cross cross court to down the line, and basically teaching people what the shot selection is. The Wardlaw directioners are outside balls, inside balls, and 90-degree change direction. Go look up Paul Wardlaw. Uh, the shot selection is basic right now. If you don't have good shot selection, you're not going to hang with most of those top players, any of the top players. You're not going to advance. But i tell you the difference maker nobody's doing right now and yet, and they because it takes a while, folks, momentum control. Think of where we're at with the playbook in football, basketball, baseball, even the way you pitch to a certain athlete. When do you give them the inside pitch, outside pitch? When do you give them a the ball? When do you give them a strike? When do you bring the heat? When do you throw the change up? In tennis, we have no idea about how to do that, folks, since 1979, I have worked on momentum control. I can help you learn momentum control. It is the key. It is the key to all sports. And by the way, it's the key to life, really. And we've been over it before, but getting momentum going in the right direction, how to accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, latch onto the affirmative, watch out for Mr. in between. How did that song pop into my head? Unbelievable. My father used to walk around the house singing that old Bing Crosby song. And uh, we could tie this into anything. It's it, Again, it's accentuate the positive. Eliminate the negative. Latch on to the affirmative. You watch out for Mr. In-between. Don't be a tweener. But uh, <laughs> momentum control is a big, big difference maker. Now, I will go on to talk more about this. I'm expecting Coach Goffey to call in any minute. But I'm going to go on and explain this in great detail. But the emotional part of the game, I really believe, is where it is at. The emotional part of the game is where it's at. I just saw Coach calling in here, Coach Goffey. I'm going to get him on the line. The other coaches who are on the line, hang on, we'll get to you. And and I do want to go back and pick up where we're at, but this is perfect. Uh, Let me see if I can get Coach Goffey on the line here. Coach, are you there? Did I got you? I'm here. How are you? Oh, my gosh, what a treat. I know you're on the road working hard. And, folks, University of South Carolina, you watch those guys. Now, gosh, I coached at Clemson all those years used to be a big rival, but now that I'm Clemson and now that Josh is there and I follow the Gamecocks very, very closely, they are 1% or 2% away, and i watch them closely the whole year, and it's usually those last couple percent that are the hardest ones. And, Coach, we're talking about the difference makers. Um, the topic of our show is difference makers that make all the difference. And we've talked about right. physical differences, mental differences. I want to talk about the emotional differences and what you as a coach see. Boy, you brought up a good topic before about being a multi sport athlete. But I'm going to sort of turn it over to you for the next 10 minutes or so to say what you want to say. And then at the end, we'll give your program a, a few uh, few little plugs there. But, but thank you yeah, very no much problem. for being on the show, folks. Josh Goffey. Coach of the University of South carolina game
1: go ahead coach well ha- yeah happy to be on um this is this is definitely a topic that I'm very interested in um uh, in the sense that you know it, it all comes down to the ability to learn you know everybody's asking what it what is that what is the difference maker and and that's truly what uh in my eight years of head coaching here it's it's that that's what I've been seeing is like the kids that come in um when they're eighteen seventeen eighteen years old it's 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 how quickly they can assimilate information, and I think that comes uh, from their upbringing, from their coaches. I think it's a responsibility from from everybody that is that's basically surrounded by or that surrounds these athletes or these young young men and women uh, coming into college. It's there. It is important for them to be surrounded with people that understand that it's not just about forehands and backhands. That that's, those things are easily learned, in my opinion. Um, kids have an amazing ability to learn. Uh, naturally, and we as adults or their um, coaches kind of get in the way of that sometimes. And I really, really, truly believe that if if these kids are multi-sport athletes or or just they, they can be specialized, but with with the upbringing of understanding that there is a cause and effect to everything, you know, and and learn from that, and learn from your mistakes immediately, and have a coach address your mistakes, and and really and what it comes down to is creating a growth mindset. And I think that's pretty cliche these days. Uh, it's a very hot topic on, on kind of human growth and development and sports science and all that. But in reality, that's what it comes down to is having a growth mindset. And, uh, when we, when we get into the, we get into the minds of the freshmen, it's very obvious to see who was coached in that way, had an upbringing, whether it be parents or, or their coaches. Uh, it's very obvious. Um, and those are the kids that you can kind of peg as, as going to have a very vertical climb as far as their their progression. They're, they're going to come up fast because they're able to assimilate and kind of get to that next level. When they're presented with a new arena in front of them being college tennis, they are able to start digesting that information. Those, okay, that's not going to work. This is going to work. That's not going to work. And every day they get better. And you can see it climbing. And as a coach, you just, as a college coach with a kid, when you're coaching a kid that has a growth mindset, which what our job is is to present experiences to those guys so they can learn from them. It's not the redundancy of just practice and working hard. It's presenting the right opportunities and experiences for those kids. Now you get a kid that doesn't have a growth mindset or a, a situation where uh, he's addicted to his swings and thinking that that is what tennis is. It is nearly impossible to, to get them out of that. I've, you know, personally, it's very tough for me. I, I, and it might just be me as a coach, but transitioning a kid that is is swing mindset oriented um, and thinking that that is the game is purely physical. That is something that it's, it's, it's really tough. They end up, you know, they have a good first year because they're excited to be there. Naturally their physicality is going to rise because they're coming through that adolescent stage there and into becoming men or women. And then now uh, they're going to find success there, but the growth has now stopped. Um, once that once they kind of peak out there, and that's generally by their sophomore year, end of their sophomore year, and then frustration sets in. So my yes,
2: coach. I, you know, along those topics, okay, you talked about a growth mindset. Would you say those athletes that haven't played other sports, they're more protective? They have more of a protective mindset, like they don't want instead of an explorative mindset. Yeah. In other words, they they cling to that life raft of what's gotten them down the road so far to talk about being another athlete, how, how that means, and then jump back in. I didn't want to interrupt your trend there. It's
1: it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so multi-sport athletes, the benefit of a multi-sport athlete, it, it naturally produces a wide field of learning in different sports. So, you know, sport is still sport, whether it be tennis, whether it be basketball, baseball, soccer, you name any sport, athletics is still athletics. And you want, you always want to have an athlete first because uh, a kid that learns how to compete as a, as a soccer player, you know, to shift gears, you know, and that's something that, that I feel like is was very, it was a coined phrase back in the eighties. I mean, that's all it was was shift gears here, you know, and that's something that that's, that's in every, in every aspect of any sport that there's always the ability to rise up to that level. And, and so, you know, that's just one of the tools that needs to be learned, uh, to be honest, through through other sports. You know, the ability uh, – spatial awareness is another one just if you want to get into the physical attributes of learning, you know. And it's – you know, if you get addicted to the yellow ball, it just becomes all about that. And when something goes wrong, it's hard to adapt. And so the specialization is not necessarily a, a terrible thing. It's just that I think there's a, there's a much better way, or I, I've seen personally, the, you know, receiving these 17-year-old kids into college – you know, the multi-sport athletes they they have all of these abilities to adapt. They have tools to adapt to any situation that's presented to them. And uh, and I'm um, you know and as a coach when you drop a piece of knowledge or or some sort of realization in front of them, they they have a backbone that they actually can take that information in and they go, "Hmm, how does that work for me and then in my game and what I'm doing?" They go out and apply it and they say, "You know what coach, I don't really get it, but there's actually they've moved forward in their progression with that." It's typically they are able to adapt to this to a tough situation easier. They're always willing to try new things because they understand that uh, that's just what great athletes do, you know, and it's not confined to the tennis court and the lines. They're willing to think outside the box, I think, a little bit more, well, maybe this will work here, maybe that'll work, rather than thinking this is the only way it's done because that's what's been drilled into me since I was a little kid.
2: One of the things that I've got here on um, the last part of the show, I talk about the five, five, one of them, five keys one of them is collecting failures and um, yeah. it, one of the things that hit me when you were talking about the good athlete the good athletes been through so many ups and downs they've been through championship seasons they've been other sports they've had to share with other people they've lost they've had injuries they've been through the experiences to where th- that makes them understand okay. it's part, part, part of the deal right and and they just uh it makes more it more of an arena for 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 learning, would you say?
1: Absolutely. You know, learning learning is you know, there's never a bad loss unless you make it a bad loss. You know, there's always a reason why you lose. There's always a reason why you won. And sometimes it has to do with the other guy across the net. But, you know, it's an analytical mindset is 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 great, you know, it's I think when there's too much emotion involved, um that, that definitely stunts Suns growth, you know, but, you know, as we all know, greatness comes from the, the ability to shift gears in the big moments uh, to lock in, you know, and that is emotional. So it's that fine line, like you're saying, but yes, you know, failure is absolutely necessary, but you can call it failure or you can call it, you know, that fact is that, you know, it's, it was just, it was a great match that I, you know, and I'm going to learn from it. You know, it, it's, there's never, a, there's never a bad match. It's, you know, as long as you engage, those are the rules. I think of every coach is that as long as you engage for the two hours, and that is locked in and understanding that that's what competing is. It's not trying hard or grunting loud. It's engage, engage your mind, engage your physicality on the court. That's all. That's that is the only thing that, I, that we care about as coaches. And then we're going to go out. If you do that, then now we have an ability to analyze what happens. And then we go back to the drawing board and say, look, I mean, all right, this is where we need to get better. But if they're not engaged and the kid's putting on a, the, the false front of, of engaging because he wants to appease the coach or whatever it might be, then at that point, that's a wasted day. That's a wasted day, and that is actually the kid is reinforcing, you know, really bad habits from those, you know, as far as growth goes. Engage. You don't care if you win or lose. You know, that's our job as coaches is to help you out, and then we're going to go back to the drawing board and work. But, you know, the engagement is number one, and to me there is no failure as long as there is engagement because at that point there's that's, that's the platform for, for learning.
2: If I ask you a question, again, I'm only get a minute or two here. Um, yeah. What – just sum it up. How do you teach this to your team to get a growth mindset and get the difference makers? What what's the gosh? That's such a broad. Um, it is. What well, every day? What 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 yeah. tips would you give parents out there for their children? How do you how do you just how do you get this across? Because it's such wisdom. It really yeah. is. So.
1: so. So if you know it, giving giving anybody a a direction is number one, but direction you have in order to give direction you have to have a destination. So college athletics, college tennis is free everywhere in the United States. There's I think there's like probably ten schools that charge a ticket, and it's like a dollar a ticket. So to me, college tennis, and not to not to plug college tennis, but you know there's a, you have to have a destination for the kids. So you know like I said, kids learn, and rather than having a coach just pump it down their throat go give the kid a destination of, hey, this is what college tennis looks like, it sounds like, it feels like, you know, let's watch it and let's get comfortable with it. And so now when they go back on the court, they have something. Well, as a parent, you always want to give them, you know, and, and or as a coach, I'll, I'll talk as a coach, not a parent, but as a here's, here's our pathway to get to that destination now. So once there's a destination, we can create that pathway back. And it's got to be explicitly kind of put out there and then revisited every now and then, you know, because certain jumps will be made and certain ones won't. But as long as there's a pathway that a kid can actually tangibly walk down with you as a coach or a parent at that point, it's there is no emotion involved. You know, the expectations are very clear and we are here to try to get better and accomplish these tasks to get to that in that game. And if we do that, we all believe that that's that the in game will be there because it's it's the pathways laid out. I think that is for me, I know when I was a player and trying to play on tour, I really wish that, that I would have had more of a path in the sense of look, here's why I'm not top hundred. You know, this is why I'm getting stuck here in the challenger level. And he, this is, this is, these are the tools I got to get better. Stop playing and go work on those because it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get there if I don't go work on these tools or this part of my game or whatever it might be, or address the emotional side of the game that needed to get a little bit better. So with that, then it becomes very objective and it's like, all right, let's go. And then kids learn a lot freer because the pressure's gone of actually winning and losing. It's all about getting better. And, uh, and if you get addicted to getting better, it, you really find joy in that process. Whereas we all see so many tortured souls out in tennis, uh, you know, and I was definitely one of them, you know, as a player. So that's kind of my mission as a coach is really to create happiness in the process of, of getting better and then let kids kind of see where it goes. Now, standard, you said day to day, look, you got to set standards and you got to make sure that the kids understand what the standards are and very clearly. And, and, they, and anything less than that is not going to be uh, allowed in practice. And once you do that, then there is no there is no uh, defending their position or complaining about a situation. It's like, look, you want to be good. We bought into this. This is the path. This is what we all bought into. Either you do it or you don't. But I'm not going to waste my time if you're not going to be fully engaged. So engagement is key.
2: Well, John, I can't thank you enough. And, um, you know, I, I'll do a little bragging on your program. It's always easier, but <laughs> – uh, folks, watch the uh, Gamecocks. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. And, and good luck to you, Coach. I'm just um, thank you. very, very happy. I want to get you on for a whole show sometime. Will you come on for a whole show
1: one time? Yeah, love to. Sometimes. Yeah, too. absolutely.
2: Okay. Well, thank you very much, Coach Josh Goffey. And, folks, we'll be right back. This is Coach Chuck Creasy, American Tennis, and we'll be right back in a second.
3: This is Coach J.P. Weber of the We Coach Tennis Radio Show. In my 30 years' experience in coaching tennis, I've never seen a better tennis training situation for children than Coach Creasy's total tennis training camps. Chuck Creasy has coached them and trained them in every arena from juniors to collegiate to professional tennis. And over 15,000 children have improved their games at his summer tennis camps. Find out more at chuckcreasy.net. That's chuckcreasy.net.
2: And it's Coach Chuck Creasy, and I'm back here. And, and my golly, uh, folks, here's the thing that dawned on me when I was listening to Coach Goffy: is just ask questions. I, if if there is a college anywhere near you, you need to be going to see that college coach and ask questions and try to get a few diamonds. And they're really the biggest thing about improving that learning curve and getting a difference that makes all the difference is really there's no secrets. It's it's stuff we know, and it's not about the forehand and backhand. It's just not about the technique. The shot selection is important. Momentum control is important, like I said, but almost all of the difference is really made in the emotional, mental development of of the player. And, and you know, what I loved was what he said at the end was exactly right. The standard has to be set. If you're a youngster, is at a club and, and the intensity is too low and they can sort of play bump and giggle tennis and they win in the club championships. You need to be at a college program and just sort of see the intensity level and you go, whoa, take your youngster to some college practices. Take your youngster to college matches. And what they'll see, sure, they'll see the forehands and the backhands and the athleticism, but more importantly, what they're going to see is the level of intensity, the level of engagement he said engagement now i wanted to add a few things here and we got it only got a few minutes here but i wanted to say in the last twenty percent the thing i do over and over and over when i'm working with young people is talk to them about their raf system the reticular activating system i want every one of you to go watch the thirteen minute thirteen minute one second youtube video on reticular activating system this is the key. This is the trick. This is the filtering system of your brain. It's the gatekeeper of your brain that lets information in that is pertinent, that is critical to what you are trying to develop. If you have a problem, your gatekeeper, get get, get a problem with anything. Your mind is the best tool you have. But if you go to the cell phone and you try to get it on the cell phone, folks, that's that's not the deal. You can get information there, but it is not. Look at the reticular activating system. My son's going to be a doctor, and I brought this up last week on the show. But the most brilliant thing and exciting thing is he told me, I was talking to him about the dopamine rush that I've always gotten from learning or competition or things. And he, we were talking about cell phones, and he said, Dad, Dad, the cell phone that We learned about this in one of our brain classes, but what it does is it is a it hijacks the dopamine faucet to the brain. When it gives you the answer quickly, it does not give you the answer permanently. And I always argue easy to pick up, easy to put down, hard to pick up, hard to put down. Now, please go get the reticular activating system video and look at that. Folks, that is the key. That is the key because in the end, you have to love to learn. You have to love to hit the ball. I go back to Clarence Mabry in 1980. I was at the National Teachers Conference in New York City. At the Roosevelt Hotel, the old Roosevelt Hotel, Clarence Mabry was a hero of any young college coach at that time because of their great, great Trinity University tennis teams. The question was asked of Coach Mabry. Uh, This guy said, Coach Mabry, could you tell us the most important tool, the most important stroke, the most important thing, you need to be a championship tennis player. Coach Mabry, we're all thinking big Jimmy Arias forehanded thing because Arias had the biggest forehand around and, and a lot of the new styles of coaching. And he looked at him, he scratched his head, he says, look, most definitely, most certainly, it is the hunger of an inquisitive mind. You're a youngster. How did we develop An inquisitive mind, a love of the game. What Coach Goffey said, though, is hold the standard for the intensity level and what they're going after. Collect your failures. Collect the failures. Collect the mistakes. Make mistakes. I have my youngsters, when they screw up, I say, they must say, this is good because you miss a shot in the net. Back This is good because, yeah, I've not bending my knees like Coach said, this, the guy rams a second serve down here, folks. This is good because, yep, coach was saying, my serve is not good enough. Collect your failures. But they've got to be the statement, this is good because is critical for collecting the failures. Honoring the game. If you honor the game, the game will honor you. We have people that try to take from the game, and I don't want to go deeply into this, but I think in a game of golf, In the game of baseball, we still honor the game more than the participants. I am disappointed in tennis in that we make the heroes of our game more importantly than the game itself. Everything we're doing right now, and I could go on and on about the scoring system again, and I will forever, but what we did is we hijacked a very important cornerstone of the game to try to make the game more about this time that we're at, popularity, Uh, entertainment more than the educational value of the game and we have not honored the game we have not honored our heritage how dare us take a 143 year old game and and now say wow hey we just all of a sudden got smart with computers and we figured this no ad scoring out of these 10 point type we'll abbreviate it to make it more fun and pretty soon that blows away sorry folks that blows away faster than past gas in a hurricane. The popularity and the hype. We must honor the game, but the hunger of an inquisitive mind, the RAS system, and that. And folks, I just recently gave a convocation uh, or a commencement speech, and the the five things I said. And I've got to go here. I've only got a minute, but I wanted to. Here are the five things I harped on. Grow where you're planted because you're always taking a job interview. You are always taking a job interview. Do not ever complain about what you don't have. You know, the the thing is, you've got to count the blessings around you. And recently I just told, I've heard this before, but the tragedy in doing the little right things is you'd never know the consequences had you not done the little right things. Like not driving drunk that night, you never found out that it saved your life. Doing the little things every day comes from not complaining about what you don't have and looking about what you do have. So grow where you are planted. Be a diamond hunter is number two. Be a diamond hunter, folks. Every day of your life, see the diamonds, and the diamonds look like rocks to the naked eye. They don't look flashy. The world promises you buckets of rhinestones. And that's what we fall for. But God gives you the chance to make one diamond with your life. That is the critical thing. Be a diamond hunter. Collect your failures. This is good because. I've talked many times, number four, about the black door. Go through the door of fear. Go through the door of fear. So number one, grow where you're planted. Number two, be a diamond hunter. Number three, collect your failures. Go through the doors of fear, whether it's fear of failure Fear of success, fear of advancement, fear of the responsibility of going through those. Last but not least, folks, and I got to end with this: pass it on to everybody and anybody around you. The law of reciprocities: whatever you give away will come back to you tenfold. Give it away, pass it on. The three-tier mentoring program. Go back and listen to my mentoring program from uh, past weeks, but. Folks, we're about out of time. i got to go, and I have coaches I didn't get to. I wanted to thank Coach J.P. Weber for the Yellow Ball Network. I wanted to thank Coach Josh Goffey. Watch the Carolina – oh, keep watching those Clemson Tigers too, folks. They are coming. They have turned the corner, and they are coming fast. The Gamecocks are good. Southeast United States is pretty daggone tough in tennis, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this spring. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. Made in America, born in a heart land, raised up a family,
0: a King James and Uncle Sam. He's got the red, white, blue, fine high on a farm, never five at tattoo.
2: process of winning or losing every day of your life and it has very little to do with a win or loss. See you all next week on American Tennis.
1: Opinions stated by various contributors to the UR Tennis Network and its programming are not to be considered as endorsed by the UR Tennis Network. Participants are encouraged to use their own discernments and draw their own conclusions. All information, products, and services offered by the UR Tennis Network are for personal use only. The UR Tennis Network does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of information contained within the network. Any products or services provided for should be used solely for entertainment purposes. We emphasize the idea of keeping an open mind and not construing the products, services, or data as factual.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At US Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join US Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
1: Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
3: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.